The You Haven't Seen That Movie Podcast is funded by you. Thank you. Support the show by going to patreon.com slash WDM1. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the You Haven't Seen That Movie Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where my guests and I watch a famous movie I've never seen before and discuss it. This week, we're talking about Mrs. Doubtfire, a 1993 classic starring Robin Williams and Sally Field. I'm your host, David Lonnie Waters, and in my guest chair today, we have Gabriela Cepeda. Hi, I'm Gabrielle Zapata. Um, <laughs> I love the, you didn't know. <laughs> I love the introduction. That was nice. That was, <laughs> people always they always give me a hard time. Like whenever we're we're recording or whatever, they're like, "Oh, oh, like I don't know when to like cut in," and so like I have silence there, and they're like. That's an awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a pregnant pause, but I'm just like, let's just rip the band-aid. Like, let's right. just do the introduction and we'll just see how it goes. So. You've done better than some of my guests. <laughs> oh, thank you. I feel honored and flattered because let's talk about how anxious I was today, but we'll put that aside. So. Oh, no. It's just you and I here. There's <laughs> nobody else. Well, besides Justin downstairs. So. Yeah. So it's okay. I'll get rip-roared later. <laughs> oh, Lordy. He's, you're a few husband now yes oh nice yeah. i forgot i forgot it's so i guess to get into introductions gabby yes. and i we used to work together back at utsa university of texas at san antonio and yeah. so yeah both admins both uh thick of thieves thick as thieves i think not at first uh i don't think but definitely I mean, like later down the road we for sure yeah because yeah. so. i'm like to be fair we were in separate offices initially that is true and then i mean we did have the baptism by fire yes we started working the pandemic right when it happened yes and, and that was wild that was a wild week right before we went <laughs> remote yeah because it was like during spring break so it got extended and then i remember we went home and then it was like conversations about um like returning to work within like i don't know a couple weeks they're like oh we'll be back it's fine and then yeah. next thing you know it's like you're it's, remote <laughs> it's like you're remote and still working remote you're still working remote i was gonna ask how many more weeks does like are y'all y'all are going back but how many more weeks until you do that we have like an indefinite oh. kind of thing so i don't i don't know we haven't had like an expiration date as of yet so oh okay but currently hybrid so it's been interesting nice yeah. nice how you you said you went up to campus today yes I how did. was that it was it was good. I mean, it was a ghost town. It's Sunday. So, that I mean, true. um, I true. know, I think there was like something going on campus because there was cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was nice. Um, nice. nice, easy stroll and took Parker too. So that was fun. Nice. And Do you have the same office or different? Different office. Not. Oh, right. You did say, you did tell me that yeah. you're right up against the dean now. Yeah, Look at you. I know. Look at you. <laughs> Oh, look at us talking higher education here. We're here to talk about movies. Exactly. So how have you been, Gabby? This is what I want to ask. I've been great. I mean, so I got married, which has been wonderful. We celebrate a year in July. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Parker's been doing well. He just turned a year old a couple weeks ago. A Dalmatian. Yes. Which you're a fan of Disney movies. So yes. it's like Dalmatian, of course. Do you like 100 Dalmatians? Wait, is 
it 100 and then 101 right? yeah so it's 101 uh-huh. and then the live action with like glenn close did the 102 oh it did didn't it, yeah. it had the parrot in it yes the parrot <laughs> <Yes>. specifically <laughs> That's funny. I completely forgot the breed of y'all's dog. Uh, when I was heading over here, I was like, for the life of me, I can't remember. I can't remember. But whenever I walked in, I was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm in here like Cruella DeVille type <laughs> style. <laughs> no, truly. It's like, whoa. What's... And then it's funny because I was prepping um, Parker. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, David's coming. And I remember like you were one of the very first people that I called. I was like, hey, David. So I did a thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I let me cut on my camera real quick. Like, ignore the person that does not look like put together, but also the cute dog. Like, look at the cute dog. <laughs> so that's been really good. And then. Then um, I started a new decade of my life. So. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You de- c- happy birthday! Happy belated birthday! Thank by you. the way, I appreciate you, it. Justin invited me. I had to work, unfortunately, but I was like, "Oh my gosh, Gabby! Oh my gosh, I'm almost there. I'm almost yeah. there. I'm 28. So actually, hey. this next month, April 20th, I'll be 29. So hey, <laughs> last year you were 20. Yeah, it's a fabulous is, birthday. Is it? Yes. Okay. I was like, is, is am I going to be depressed? No. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be depressed until like six months before your 30th birthday and then it's uh, like existential crisis of like holy crap i'm turning 30 oh well okay that's good to hear at least i'll have some time <laughs> <laughs> you'll have some time to enjoy like your last year 29 and then it'll be like oh my god i'm turning 30 but it's okay uh, like well. it's, it was a good it's a good way to start 30s and i mean we get to now celebrate with the podcast so. yeah yeah so uh, what'd you do did you go out for your uh 30th um i just i kind of kept it quiet so had the surprise get together which was great yeah. and then and um, on my 30th, we just kind of like spent time down at the Riverwalk, oh, nice. you know, took in the sights. Actually, ironically, so we've been together for a really long time, Justin and I. Mm-hmm. And so we took pictures when we first started dating. And so I don't know if it was just like stars aligned and like the cosmos or whatever, but like uh-huh. we ended up finding all those spots that we took those pictures. Oh, so yeah. you did like recreations yeah. of them. Yeah. Oh, that's, I like those. I like those. Like, especially like, have you ever seen those on? On, I, maybe TikTok. I don't know if you're on TikTok at okay, all. Okay, so I'm a dusty millennial and I'm not on TikTok, <laughs> but I'm sure, yeah. I always see these videos. I'm sure they pop up everywhere, but um, like of when they take a picture, like when they were children and then they recreate the photo yes. whenever they're like big. Some of them are really cringeworthy, but like it sounds like it's for y'all's pictures, it's like not too much difference so it's yeah like, like some time had passed and like more like these are more like conservative because like we had a friend who like took pictures for us so oh, we okay. had like a we were trying to take a like a selfie of like this mural like it's a beautiful mural by um one of the hotels on the riverwalk mm-hmm. and um one of the like one of the people who were pop- passing by they were like oh my gosh like do you want us to take your picture and we're like yeah sure and so it's like nothing like the picture we took like way oh. back in the day but like you know it's it's the sentiment so ah. like super sentimental like that must have been fun i i really enjoy the river walk because it's it's right there beside the alamo right yeah 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 Yeah. i only been to the alamo once before and we just kind of moseyed around and then we didn't go into the mission we just like we're on the mission grounds and things like that yeah like it's it's so interesting because it's like the one thing that i feel if you come to san antonio it's like you you go to the alamo right and um it wasn't until i think ironically my 29th birthday that i did all the missions and so um seeing like the different missions like san jose um and of course others but i can't recall off the top of my head um but 
we went to the Alamo and I think they were like in the process of renovating cause they were bringing in like additional collections. So I know, um, don't quote me, but I want to say Phil Collins has a massive like Alamo collection that they're looking to bring in. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Phil Collins classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next on this podcast, Tarzan. Like- <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Like play some fire for us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, me personally, yeah. I'm just glad to be back with you. Yeah. Like, it's been so long since we've seen each other, like, in person. I was just like, oh, this would be so good seeing Gabby and not, like, through a webcam. Yes, <laughs> truly, truly. I was talking about how um, we we missed, like, the opportunity to, like, truly say goodbye just because we were both telecommuting mm-hmm. and so it was just one of those things i was like david no but now like we got reunited. yeah and you left me a really awesome gift like uh people who don't know one of my favorite disney movies is hercules and i i just love that movie but you got me a funko pop of the baby pegasus and i was just like uh this is the best gift i could have got Ever, ever. And then a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> yes. So I was like, we both need our caffeine. Because I remember like all like either you would go pick up Starbucks or I'd be like, hey, I'm like sending Starbucks to my house. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just I, I love that. So thank you for that gift. I never got to fully thank you for that. So. Yes, of course, David. Yeah. Um, if you want to show your support for the You Haven't Seen That Movie podcast, consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash WDM1. Also, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages to know when new episodes go live. Um, we also have a voicemail. Uh, you can do that at 940-204-4582. You, um, considerably all your other trades, you are a fan of our uh, Into the Zeitgeist podcast. I am. I you, am. We were talking about it just before, but our last episode was about Julius Caesar. Ooh, et tu, Brute? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it, another thing that I think we became really close because we were both history majors. Yes. Um, and we, we were just, like, connecting about World War II. You did your thesis on it, and I was just like, ah, Gabby, that's exactly what I studied when I was a bachelor's kid. Uh, and just getting to sit and like chit chat with you, like throughout, um, our time working remotely, that was like so much fun. It like made the days go by. Agreed. So. Agreed. Like it was one of those things that like ta- when you talk to like a fellow historian, like you really get to enjoy like the conversation about like historical context. Cause like, you know, sometimes it can turn into like, ooh, conspiracy theories or like shoot off interesting facts, but like always very, um, robust and very like, um, fruitful conversation, right. which I enjoyed those too. Yeah. 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 I always really enjoyed those. We, one of the other movies we were pondering about, which we didn't go darker, we went lighter, <laughs> uh, was Schindler's List, which we could, we could probably do down the road, which I'm totally down to do. So yes. definitely. Uh, Gabby, what have you been watching as of late? Um, so what have I been watching? A lot of rewatches. Um, oh yeah, your yeah. comfort shows. Yeah, comfort shows. Um, what are those? So right now it is. What am I watching that I'm rewatching? Outlander's one of them. Outlander, never heard of it. Um, wonderful show. It's like, and I think you would appreciate it because it's like 
some, so it's mainly fantasy and it's this woman who can time travel and she travels back in time to Scotland to like the 1700s, but her time is 1945. Oh. And so what's interesting is that they base some things in that show on like actual historical things. So like the Bonnie Prince truly existed, mm-hmm. but like obviously fictional characters and things of that nature. Right. Um, so that's been really good. And then of course I had to catch up on the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel cause. Oh, okay. Yes. I heard good things about that show. David. It's really good. Yes. She, it's based off, like, she's the first, like, woman comedian or something like that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I Yeah, I've heard great things about it. And I just, I'm a, I'm a sucker. Isn't it Amazon? Right? Yes, it nice. is. Yeah. Yeah. HBO, getting up there with some HBO content, like, level. I was, I just finished The Sopranos. Oh, okay. And listened to a podcast yesterday, so it's, like, fresh on the mind or whatever. Of course. And so, like, I'm always looking for that next show that I can dig my teeth into. I think if you like, you know, because it's set in the 1950s. So, like, they definitely, like, bring in some historical context, right? But, like, it's a really good comedy. Um, and it really breaks, like, the barrier and, like, what, you know, housewives of 1950s america was doing and um so it's just it's so well done nice yeah nice you know i don't i don't know if it's amazon but uh, they have a new show coming out about um oh i love lucy it's about i love lucy like um i can't remember ricky ricardo was the other guy's name I was like, uh, David, you're not, you're going to forget his name and you're going to make an ass of yourself. But no, um, I, I think that was Amazon or something, but, um, yeah, no, that sounds okay. I, now that you said that show, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I'm putting it on the list. I, I I'm think you would that. enjoy it. TBH. You know what I did earlier today? What did you do? I went to a movie by myself. <gasps> What'd you go see? The Batman. Was it worth it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So give me the tea, David. (laughs) The, um, I was, I'm doing a bonus episode this month over it. And, uh, I went previously to the midnight showing like two days before it was supposed to come out because I knew somebody who worked there or whatever. And they were like, come in, come in. I was like, hell yeah, I'll come and watch this. But it was at midnight. And I was like, uh, like (laughs) when I was driving to and from perfectly fine. But when I got in that seat and, like, was watching the movie and, like, rewatching it today, I was like, okay, obviously these, like, subtle tones or whatever, like, it's going to make me fall asleep. Today I didn't fall asleep at all, so there. But, uh, yeah, no, it's such, such a good movie. Such a good movie. If you like Detective Batman, like, you'll like that movie. Okay. Not action Batman like Christian Bale was, but... No, and honestly, I mean, okay, super controversial. Uh Uh-oh. But... Not a huge Batman fan? No. Okay, so I have, like, mixed feelings about Batman. But, like, Christian Bale's Batman specifically... Uh Uh-oh. It's just, like, it's the groggy, like, you know, I'm changing voices kind of thing. Just does not vibe with me. I see. But I've heard nothing but great things about the new Batman. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, Robert Pattinson, I'll give you a shot. But also, I'll probably just wait. Right. Oh, yeah. No, you can wait on it. It's, like, it's not like you need to go watch it. Like, like I don't know, some fanboy would would tell you be like 
bro, you got to drop everything and fucking go watch this movie. Like, no, it's not that. I mean, to be fair, I was a fanboy of Robert Pattinson from Twilight. Yeah, so. I was about to, that was my follow up question. <laughs> I was like, did you like Twilight? I, okay, so here, so here's the tea on that. I like, I like the idea of the movies. I love who they casted for Edward. Some of the other castings, I'm like, mm, got yeah. like mixed reviews, but the books, really good. Love the books. Yeah. Love the book. I read the books before the movies came out. Same. So the only one that I watched before was the first, because the first one, um, Twilight. I was like, what is the first book called? It's the actual <laughs> name of the series, girl. Get it together. So um, that one, I watched the movie first and then I read the book and I was like, oh, oh the book is so much better. And so I sped read through the rest of them oh, so that really? I was like, uh-uh, no, movies are not going to ruin this for me. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's good. I, I'm glad to hear you say that because any Anybody who says other or like really like, oh, I watched the movies and then read the books. I'm like, get out of my face. Get out of my face. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> and I, and that's fair. Cause I'm just like, bro, like, it's just like, cause then you're, I feel like there's a level that's like tainted, right. That you're like, you have this perception of like who people are casted. Cause it worked. That happened with me with um, pride and prejudice. Obviously I'm not going to read it when Jane Austen wrote it. Cause I didn't live that long ago. Right. <laughs> But it's like one of those things where I'm like, I see Kira Knightley as Elizabeth Bennett. So I'm like, I don't want to do that to myself again. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Never watched. Never watched Pride and Prejudice. Good one. It's a good, it's a good, if you love romance, like old timey romance where it's like the subtle looks and like the touches and all that stuff. Oh, okay. Perfect. Ooh, okay. Yes. All right. I can dig, I can dig a story like that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, other than the Batman, I've been watching, do you watch, um, Gordon, any Gordon Ramsay content? Okay, so low key, I love um, Kitchen Nightmares. Love Kitchen Nightmares. That's what what I've been watching lately. It's like a it's <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure. It is a guilty pleasure. I wouldn't call it a comfort show. It's a guilty pleasure because yes. I just get to see Gordon just tear these people a new one. Well, and you and I both worked in the service industry, so yeah. I don't know. If, like for me, it's one of those things that's like wow, like. You know, it got that bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it truly got that bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, and then I've watched uh, a few anime. I don't know if you're into that. So my brother kind of turned me on to some anime. Oh, yeah? What? Yeah. Um, so we started watching, we watched, um, Finding, I think it's called Finding Neverland or something like that, where it's about a bunch of kids who like live in an orphanage type situation, but there's like monsters on the outside of this gate. Oh, oh, my sisters were telling me about this one. I think you would like it if you yeah. like anime. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I've been watching One Punch Man and Attack on Titan. Okay. Um, really, really enjoy those. Those have been like here and there, not like, Religious. not like Kitchen Nightmares has been, <laughs> like Kitchen Nightmares has been on, on the books. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. We started watching Attack on Titan, but it's one of those things that is also very occasional. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I like, I only watch it with my sisters because. That I started it with them. I don't want to. I think today we'll actually watch quite a few more since we're all be off technically. So oh, yeah, good. yeah, nice. So um, yeah, I think we've we've kind of warmed up here. You want to go ahead and jump into the movie? Sure, let's jump into the movie. Cool. So, Gabby, I wanted to ask you, why did you pick Mrs. Doubtfire today? <sighs> so here's here's the thing. So Robin really. Robin Williams, like, God rest his soul. Cause, like, amazing, amazing actor. Um, but a lot of those movies are very, like, reminiscent of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, very special to me. But, um, I just remember, like, my mom telling me as, like, a kid, like, dude, that was your jam. Like, 
Because she probably even experienced it like with Mork and Mindy and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was one of those movies that I was like, I have, and I think when we talked about what movie to do, I think I listed like two or three Robin Williams movies. So I was like, okay, you know, like this will be a really good one. I hadn't seen it in a while, um, but it's just, it's such a classic, honestly. And I have to agree because like for me, I didn't know much about the movie. Like I knew it was about Robin Williams getting like in prosthetics and things like that. And like, it's so kind of cliche to say it, but I love Robin Williams. He's like cool. Like he just knows how to, how to work an audience. Like to speak of another Disney movie, Aladdin. Yeah. Like great, great genie. Like I get Will Smith. Who, who, which is why I refuse to watch the live action because I'm like, you're not, and not trying to like do a, like a true comparison, right? Because it's like two totally different time periods. Right. It's like one's animated, one's live action. But like, who's going to hold a candle to Robin Williams? Right. As Genie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind of felt the same way about that Lion King one. I started the first like 20 minutes of it and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, it's just not the same. I'm that, sorry. I'm that sorry. is fair. But. Yeah. So I didn't know much about it. Like, I love the idea of people. I don't, I can't think of any other movie off the top of my head where somebody goes into disguise and like maybe Master of Disguise. You ever seen that one? Yes. Yeah. That one's really quirky and like a weird movie to (laughs) think about. With Dana Carvey. Yeah. And he's like, but he's multiple people. But like, I think this is different because it was, this is out of the benefit of seeing his kids versus like, I want to say, wasn't Dana Carvey after like some top secret information? Yeah, it was just like some, like, what do you call it? Like Austin Powers, Mike Myers type shit. Yeah. So it's like a trope versus like, yeah. 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 So, (laughs) well, uh, let's go ahead and I think we'll start with the recap and then we can kind of expand the conversation from there. So, Daniel Hillard is a freelance voice actor living in San Francisco. Though a devoted father of three children, Lydia, Chris, and Natalie, his wife, Miranda, considers him unreliable. One day, Daniel quits following a disagreement over a more morally questionable script and returns home to throw a chaotic birthday party for Chris, despite Miranda's objections. This infuriates Miranda to a point where she files for divorce. Uh, at their first custody hearing, the court grants sole custody of the children to Miranda. Shared custody is contingent on whether Daniel can find a steady job and a suitable residence within three months. So, wow. Yeah, that, that's kind of, that's a lot. Like, I don't, honestly, rewatching it, I don't remember that part at all. Really? Yeah, I was just, I was kind of like sitting there in shock of like, I don't remember, like, how, <laughs> as someone, like, as someone who, this was their childhood movie, right? Like, I was like, how do I not remember, like, the beginning of this movie? Like, I thought they were already divorced. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay, like, they're married. I'm confused. Like, what's going on? So, so I watched it probably about, I don't know, a week and a half ago is whenever we were texting. And then um, I watched it then, and then I watched a uh, majority of it this morning uh, just to get back in the mood for it or whatever. But I was, like, thinking, like, oh, my goodness, he – one, how cool is it to be a voice actor? Like, yes. It's definitely a perfect uh, – of course, like, Aladdin-Genie comparison again. Uh, but he plays this, like, 
little bird and the bird starts to smoke. <laughs> I love, there's this one line where, uh, they like look at the people in the back, uh, and they're all like smoking yeah, cigarettes he's too. Pulling, he's he's like, like, this is, this is not cool. It's a mistrial. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Which is totally fair. Cause then ironically, the producer that's in the booth with him also starts to smoke. And I was like, bro. Yeah. Wrong that's the, that's the morally questionable like thing that they were doing, which is kind of weird for a, I think it was just to push the plot along or whatever, but like, that's a weird thing to put into a kid's cartoon. Right. Also, if it's, like, supposed to take time in which this movie's made, like, in the 90s, like, I don't think we were, like, pushing for, like, I don't know, nicotine for children. Like, I just, I'm thinking of, like, D.A.R.E. and, like, other programs that were out there being, like, don't do this. I'm like, why would you put that in a cartoon? But, hey, you know, like, to each right. their own. <laughs> mm -hmm. What do you think about him being unreliable, like, at the beginning of the movie? So, I mean, it's just, it's the whole, like, I don't think he's unreliable. Like, I genuinely think he wants to be there for his kids but i did see this like very cliche like bad cop good cop dynamic mm -hmm. which made him seem very unreliable now granted i did notice there was a kid hanging like swinging from the chandelier <laughs> <laughs> when she walks in and i was like to be fair yeah i mean that seems very unreliable like many like many many injuries could happen right right but also at the same time it's just like you know i don't it's just he's just trying to I feel like he desperately wants to be a father, but because of the profession he's in, he's a little bit more laxed than Sally Field right. as a he's, mother. He has more of that kid mentality, I think, at the beginning yes. of the movie. Like, uh, that steady job that he did have, that was, like, enabling, I guess is the word I would use. Yeah. Like, enabling him to be that way. Um, and he was just... I don't know if it was like he wanted to be the cool parent or whatever. Like, I don't, it doesn't show anything beforehand, but I think that he, unbeknownst to him, became the kid in the situation, like with them and just having fun. Cause I, I can't remember exactly what he was doing whenever, uh, Miranda, the mom comes in or whatever. Like, I think he just has like all these kids hanging off him like a jungle gym. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's like, Oh my goodness. Um, that would honestly push me to divorce too sometimes. <laughs> like, I, like if I'm thinking about it, if I was in that situation, I'd be like, okay, enough's enough. Like, I'm done with you. <laughs> I mean, and to be fair, like, if this is like a normal, like, thing that, um, he does, like, yeah, 100% divorce. Making, making me think of the things that he did prior to the movie opening, like, what, what string of events, like, what was he doing, like, with these kids? <laughs> yes, 100%. I'm like, dude, like, clearly they're having, like, okay, it's, it's one thing to have a good old time but like it's a different thing to be like hey like let me be your best friend instead of your parent because like at the end of the day you gotta be a parent like oh my god yeah that's oh my gosh that's so funny you say that <laughs> um for me i guess like speaking speaking of uh like this is where we get into the more somber part of it where they get divorced or whatever um speaking as a child of divorced parents like what the kid said, the I have it later in the um, document. Let me see what that kid's name was. Matthew Lawrence, Chris Hillard. Yes. Um, he was like, it's my fault. Like, and I was like, oh, oh, that's so sad because I felt the same thing whenever my parents got divorced. I was like, oh, not cool. And so that that's one thing that jumped out to me, like at the beginning of this movie, like, 
I think a, lo- a lot of people that I've talked to since like the week and a half ago that we started talking, um, I talked with our downstairs neighbor about it and she's like, that is my comfort movie, bro. Like my parents got divorced too. And I felt the same thing. And I was like, bruh, like, oh my gosh. So this isn't just like you and I expounding about the movie. This is like so many people's favorite movie, like not because of the divorced parents reason, but just like another comfort yeah it's like it there's there's many points within that film that like you're very like you can identify with somebody um and it's very relatable like you know as someone who like didn't come from that but like um someone who obviously like sometimes i feel like things are my fault and this is why it transpired that way i identified with the son right um and so it 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 was hard like i I was like tearing up i was like bro it's only the beginning of the movie like (laughs) but like you can so you can feel his pain because he feels like because you know there was a birthday party for him and all this stuff like it's his fault and it's just like no like you know and and how do you tell a, a child you know like you're your kid like it's not you it's us right especially when you know it sounds like they kept things private which you know good on them because like parents shouldn't air out their laundry in that right, way exactly um mrs doubtfire even says it like i don't think you should be talking about yeah. like the, like whenever they f- officially meet the kids and her they were like you know like you shouldn't be talking about your other like uh what is it your partner or whatever yeah like, in front of the kids like i get that like which is like that's totally fair too. You shouldn't be talking smack about your significant other in front of your kids. Like your like the way you feel about your partner is not how like that shouldn't be projected on your kids. Like right. yeah. So uh is it me or does like three months seem like a quick turnaround for like trying to get a nice and steady job? Like and then like an apartment as well. Like I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe that's just me. No, that's unrealistic. That's unrealistic. As someone who's like an avid planner, I'd be like, no, like, can we like real, can real you give talk? Me six, <laughs> six months, please, at least. Yeah. Cause I'm like, you're asking, so you're asking someone who, ha- who's an actor by trade to have a steady job, which those are like, dude. They're like contract work. Yeah. It's like contract work. It's like, you're expecting me to do that, <laughs> like get like a steady, steady job, like, not in the way, like, I'm sure that's where all of his experience was. Sure. I mean, like, you could do something that's more, like, customer service-based. It could be steady, right? But also, that's not his true passion. Like, right. you know, I I just felt like three months was agreed. It was very unrealistic. Like, give me, give me six months minimum, and then we can go from there. Right. So as Daniel works to rebuild his life, securing himself an apartment and a new job as a shipping clerk at a TV station, he learns that Miranda is seeking a housekeeper. He secretly alters her ad form, uh, then calls Miranda while using his voice acting skills to pose as a series of undesirable applicants. He finally calls Miranda as Miss Eugenia Doubtfire, a British-accented nanny with strong credentials taking his last name from a newspaper headline titled Police Doubtfire Was Accidental. Uh, Miranda is impressed and invites Mrs. Doubtfire for an interview. Daniel asks his brother Frank, a makeup artist, and Frank's domestic partner Jack to create a to create a Mrs. Doubtfire costume, including a prosthetic mask to make him appear as an older woman. Right off the top, domestic partner? Like... I don't know if any everybody's seen this movie. If you if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen this movie, stop and go watch this before you continue. Agreed. 
uh, domestic partner. There is a couple things that, like, I think they make fun of transgender people, like, it, later in the movie. Yeah. I was like, this is where, like, the doesn't age well yes agreed yeah so like i mean it's cool now like yeah it was his his you know partner so it's like whatever uh but yeah that was the one thing whenever i was watching it originally i was like oh y'all are framing this weird like and you're just making like you pointed out earlier that um his brother voices one of the three three dudes from mulan yes who they were in the army with yeah and i was like oh my gosh that is awesome. I love, I love his like character and that. And then finally putting those pieces together, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, cause I knew, I knew the voice too. I was like, that sounds so familiar. Reminds me of, um, Gilbert Godfrey and he plays the parrot in Aladdin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love, I love anybody with a distinctive voice like that needs to be doing something more. Yes, agreed. It's one of those things that, like, um, Justin and I, when we watch movies, um, we like to have IMDb up because we're like, we know that voice or we know that face. And so, um, his voice was one of those things that it's just like, I know it. And then when I saw that he was Yao, I was like, no way. And then it just like click light bulb. Um, but I will say that, um, when they did not, not before they, it was the makeup that they did before he turned into Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. Where he started singing um, Barbara Streisand. Yes, yes. I was like, dude, he really does look like Barb. Like, yeah. that is crazy. And I was sure like, did. spot on, perfect impression. I was like, but it's so funny. I, I don't know if you, um, I'm sure you do run into this too. Like, when you rewatch things like from childhood and you're like, oh, my God, like all these things are like starting to click. Right. Yeah. That, that was one of the things I was like, oh, my God. Thank you for flying Delta Airlines. Like, totally right. went over my head. <laughs> and I was like, hey, that totally makes sense. Well, that's funny. Yeah. 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 There's a lot. There was a lot packed into that tiny one. But I, one of the funniest things, I think, is whenever he, like, turns and looks at the newspaper. Because there's a part. I, I don't know if you're an avid fan. Like, I don't think anybody's an avid fan of Family Guy. But there's, like, a scene where Peter's just, like, looking around at the different, um, things around this locker room and he's giving a pep talk to people i always i always think that's really funny when they take things from that so when i saw that happen in this movie i was just like doubtfire ha that's funny (laughs) there's the nod (laughs) (laughs) but i i don't remember like it's so funny because um the the phone calls he made to his wife oh yeah the her the the prank calls yes. so that she's like out of desperation and then it was like oh my gosh like the screaming one i was like stop right the the one where he impersonates the um like uh latin american woman she's like i am job yes i am job <laughs> i am job and i was just it's so robin williams to do all these different funny voices which i mean which is a part of it like he's just the voice actor so it only makes sense it's just it's funny that she because sally field who plays was in smoking in the bandit as well i think she like gives off that frustration like how i don't know if you've seen smoking in the bandit that I have not seen. Oh, that's a shame. That's a, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Smoking the Bandit. Um, but she looks pissed off the same as she did in that movie, uh, from Smokey to like Robin Williams. And I was just like, oh, that's, that's classic Sally Field right there. So <laughs> she has a signature face is what you're saying. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. 
<laughs> just a pissed off look. <laughs> uh, Miranda hires Mrs. Doubtfire following a successful interview. Uh, the kids initially struggle under Miss Doubtfire authority, but soon comes around to thrive and Miranda learns to become closer to her children. Daniel learns several household skills as a part of the role, further improving himself. However, this later creates another barrier for him to see his children as Miranda puts more trust into Mrs. Doubtfire than him and cannot bring herself to dismiss her. Wow. I, you know, whenever I read that, uh, from this is all pulled from Wikipedia. So please mind you. Uh, but that's funny. I didn't even put that together. Like him being a good, like housekeeper. We used to have a housekeeper back in the day, like, uh, housekeeper s so my parents got divorced and then uh, we would go and hang out with at our grandma's house all the time okay my grandma didn't really she wasn't the cooking and cleaning type (laughs) so she hired a housekeeper for when we went over there to her place like it was pretty much on a schedule or whatever but um her name was uh Blanca and I loved her so much she was so much fun just having a housekeeper around just to piddle paddle with like she she was like one of the crew like it wasn't it wasn't like um this is me this is you this is like we're in this together or whatever with our grandma or whatever and so I think it's funny that she was like uh, Danny was like learning all these skills or whatever, like around the house and things like my, I remember Blanca, like learning that my grandma doesn't use a stove. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't use an oven or whatever. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like Bianca or Blanca had to like use uh Bianca. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, no Blanca. She had to like learn to use the stove top. Um, what do you call those oven toaster oven? Yeah. Toaster oven. Yeah. Yeah. Like she had to learn to use one of those. And I was like, when I was a kid, I thought that was hilarious, like, because my grandma was not the cook and just, like, learning her methods of doing things, like, maybe not the most constructive, but, hey, what do you do? Hey, she used the tools at her disposal, because, yeah. I mean, I know there's a couple family members who also don't use their ovens. It's more for, like, storage. Why? Why do people do that? I don't know. Maybe they just, it's the idea of like potentially making something (laughs) (laughs) and therefore it'll magically turn on and make something. Right. We use our oven every day. Same. Every day. Same. It's like, what? what, How do you even live? I know, right? And I'm like, I'm thinking one of the things that we asked for on our registry was a toaster oven, which I'm like, yeah, great. Because like high Texas hot summers, use, use toaster oven, right? Yeah. But I'm like. Also, can't put as much in a toaster oven as you can in an oven. True. So I'm like, do I just roast myself with the oven or do I just do the toaster oven? (laughs) So it just, it depends on the size of the party. Yeah, that is true because there, there was seldom times that my grandma would turn on the oven. It would just get so blazing hot in our house. Yes. Like her place or whatever. Like, it's just like, oh my God. Like we're all having them dew drops come down and it's just, you're going outside to cool down from the the inside like yeah oh my god that's so funny you say that like we would open up the windows and make make a fucking like air tunnel out of the house you're like cut on all the fans like help me like just like not melt like oh, that's so funny i had to do that yesterday for ours it, i hate i hate whenever i had to like leave it on for so like if i just like throw something in let the timer be done with it and then like shut it off it's not bad but like if i'm like cooking for an extended period of time like if I'm making enchiladas and I'm making multiple trays of enchiladas, God help me. Like, 
dude. Which, damn it, now I'm hungry for enchiladas. <laughs> I was like, David, um, so we have an enchiladas after this? Is that uh, what I'm hearing? Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, one day, the station CEO, Jonathan Lundy, sees Daniel playing with toy dinosaurs on the set of a poorly rated children's show. Impressed by his voice acting and imagination, Lundy invites Daniel to discuss his plans for a show over dinner, which turns out to be the same place uh, and time as planned for a birthday dinner for Miranda by her new boyfriend, Stu Dunmire, to which Mrs. Doubtfire is invited. Unable to change either appointment, Daniel changes in and out of the Mrs. Doubtfire costume to attend both events. Becoming drunk, Daniel slips up when he accidentally returns to Lundy in his costume, but he quickly claims that Mrs. Doubtfire is his idea for the new show. After overhearing that Stu is allergic to pepper, Daniel sneaks into the kitchen and seasons Stu's order of jambalaya with powdered cayenne pepper. Stu chokes on his dinner, and Daniel feels guilty administering feels guilty administering the Heimlich maneuver as Mrs. Doubtfire. The action causes the prosthetic mask to partially peel off Daniel's face, revealing his identity and horrifying Miranda, who storms out of the restaurant with the kids. Ooh. Do you want to do you want to go first? Sure. Um, so that that's a lot in that scene. Um, yes. But I will say, as um, you know, talking about like our memories with this movie, right? The dinosaur part, very vivid, like. Him, like, creating the, like, Raptosaurus and, like, <sighs> um, the, the T-Rex and all this. That was just, like, one of those things that as soon as it, it was just, like, a wave of nostalgia. Like, really? Yeah. Very, very vivid. Like, there's very few scenes in that movie that I'm like, oh, my God, I remember this. Like, um, oh, okay. But that was one of them. And nice. I was like, dude, this is why Robin Williams will always be like the OG of right. like comedians for our generation. Like, yeah, we have Jim Carrey and we have like Eddie Murphy and, and all of them. But I'm like, this is, this is my childhood. Right. Um, but that scene specifically, I don't know if it's because I was fascinated with dinosaurs, but like, <laughs> yo, I was a dinosaur kid too. Like, definitely I was a dinosaur kid. So when, when that part came up, I was like, this is nice. Yeah. This is nice. I like, I like his whole procession through that whole part, like that whole bit or whatever. Cause it was like a rapping dinosaur and then. <sighs> I can't remember, like, Velociraptor jumped in on it, yes, too. And, yeah. Uh, that reminds me of how I was as a dinosaur kid. <laughs> yes. I'm just like, and the thing is, it's like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, dude, I totally would have watched this as a kid. Like, if I was subjected to Barney and the trash that Barney was. Yeah. No offense to Barney. He did teach me how to pick up properly. But, like, I would want to watch. <laughs> did he teach me how to clean up? You know, there's a song that comes with it and everything. Like oh, yeah. I remember it verbatim. In my head, I'm singing it right now. Me too. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for the earworm, David. Right. I lo- <laughs> Barney was an interesting one because we had a babysitter as well. Um, this was before our parents got divorced, but she used to make us watch Barney all the time. Uh, I was like, clean up, clean up. Everybody, everybody do you share? <laughs> God. God damn. That's so funny you say that. Uh uh, what I have here is uh, Pierce Brosnan is in this movie. When when I saw him pop up, I was like, whoa, we got 007 coming in? Facts, David. So tell me how I did like a double take. I was like, wait, wait. I was like, 007's in here? Hold up, hold up. 
And then also, he was like super young because, like, here's the other thing too: seeing Robin Williams and Sally Fields and like the youngest daughter who later plays Matilda. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, holy crap, they were so young, right? Have you looked at Pierce Brosnan lately? Um, so he his current current pick. <laughs> I don't know. It's not good. Oh, it's okay. not good. The, the, no, I have not seen a current one because the last thing I remember is like when he was doing the 007 stint. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's got uh, some gray going on. True. Or like the Mamma Mia because he was one of the dads in Mamma Mia. Never seen. Oh, my gosh, David. It's a good one. Should I put it on the list? Fabulous. Yes. I'm like, I will be your your uh that's one of your faves i mean it's a, it's a good movie yes it's not one of your faves but a good, a good one. movie yeah if you like abba the band oh yes then you will like mamma mia because it's all abba songs oh interesting mm-hmm. i was listening to an abba song coming on the way over. was it dancing queen <laughs> no it was gimme 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 oh dude yes yes <laughs> i'm like anyone who's like dancing queen i'm like yeah it's okay i'm like but gimme gimme and um there was another one oh money money's like oh one. yeah yeah money's yeah. another good one that's yeah. so funny <laughs> so like stars aligned type shit yes facts. Uh, that's so funny but yeah pierce Boston, man but ironically so um i know we're supposed to say these till the end but interesting fact what is Tim Allen was supposed to be Stu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Which is weird. If Tim Allen was in it, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, why is she going to, when is South Villa going to go with him? Like, right. Tim Allen is not the most, in in my opinion, not the most handsome looking man. That is fair. Even back like in his like heyday of like home improvement, no offense, I'd be like, Sally, you doing a downgrade, sis? Like, don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, go go back to at least Robin will make you laugh sometimes. Exactly. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I was like, no offense, but <laughs> hey, talk about voice acting, Toy Story. Hey, yeah, but I mean, no offense, no offense to the Buzz Lightyear lovers out there, but very kind of one dimensional. Oh, definitely, definitely so. Like Woody, we got all, but Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, he kills it. He kills it. Have you ever seen uh, Catch Me If You Can? Yes. Great movie. Yes. Great movie. We did it for the podcast a while back ago, and I just I love Tom Hanks in that movie. I love Tom Hanks in a lot of things. I love Castaway is one of my favorite movies of all time. Wilson, yeah, yeah. That part makes me cry in particular. Like that's such a sad scene. I'm sure I've said it before on the podcast, but oh my gosh, is is that not the saddest scene like ever? Yeah, because it's like his only companion. It's like bye, bye. See you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Fair. Um, Back to the movie. <laughs> I kind of got off track there. My bad. No, no, that was all my fault. Um, but, okay, so did Stu, did he, Pierce Brosnan's character, yes. did he choke because of the cayenne? Or, like, the cayenne, he got it and it swelled up his throat and then that's how he choked. So that is a great question. I When I was watching it for the first time, I was like, I don't get it. Like, I was like, was the pepper supposed to choke him? Or I don't know. I don't know. I was really confused. I feel like I want to hear your theory because like what popped out when he got the Heimlich was a piece of shrimp. Shrimp. Yes. But it was completely cleaned off. But also if he was that (laughs) allergic to pepper, I feel like there would be such a severe like reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Like he wouldn't be able to leave that restaurant like how he was. Yeah. And where's the EpiPen? Right. Where is the EpiPen? Where's the EpiPen? Right. I feel like there's some flawed information in this movie. Where's the lie? It's like, where's the EpiPen? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you're allergic, is it preference or is it true anaphylaxis? I just want to know. Right, right. 
at their next custody hearing, Daniel points out uh, that he, wait, Daniel points out that he has met the judge's requirement, then explains his actions. The judge, noting his acting abilities, dismisses his words as another act and grants Miranda full custody. Uh, finding his role as Mrs. Doubtfire unorthodox, the judge further restricts Daniel's rights to supervise Saturday visits, which devastates Daniel even further. Without Mrs. Doubtfire, Miranda and her children become miserable, acknowledging how much she improved their lives. Um, that Yeah, acknowledging how much she improved their lives. Uh, they are then surprised to discover that Daniel, as Mrs. Doubtfire, is hosting a new children's show called Eugenia's House, which becomes a nationwide hit. Um, there was a couple things that I totally forgot to mention towards the... They totally skimmed over the point where Mrs. Selner, like, comes in. Which is, like, the most iconic part of the movie. I know, I know, where he's, like, flipping... But I love specifically i'll go into it in my likes a little bit more but the the um that scene with mrs selner and then the dinner scene yes like those are the two greatest parts of the movie in my opinion um but yeah i was like he skimmed over that and but they also skim over in this uh previous one that um the older two kids they find out right which that's where that tr- transgender joke came in, and I was like, oh, I don't like that. But, um, yeah, it, it did skim over a few things, but what are your thoughts on this part of the movie? So, I like, it was so heartfelt, and I I was so agitated. First off, let's talk about the lawyer that Sally Fields had, about uh, how every time, like, anything did not go Robin's way, she just, like, smirked, like, maniacally, and I was like, girl. I didn't even <laughs> notice that. Like, David, you should... Just go back and rewatch that should. one part. Because like every time it was like you're not getting custody, she's like, mm. <laughs> just like stop. It's so cringy. Um, but oh yes, oh the typecaster. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but like she, like she played. Uh, I guess like in Sally's case, it'd be like a well, it's not like a defense attorney, but like you know the attorney part. Like she really played. She really leaned into it. But I was just like, girl, come on. Like I would not be that much of an asshole <laughs> to be like. Oh, you got fucked. Sorry. Like <laughs> it was one one of those passing by things. Like this is a comedy, and they were like, "Okay, yeah, we'll throw this in there. It's gonna get a laugh or a chuckle or something." It got a really like girl, really, but like, hey, you know what? I'm not. <laughs> Back in 1993, it got a chuckle, chuckle. or two. <laughs> I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. But I really like in this scene. I really did feel for Robin because it's just like I like I get the judge's concern for the unorthodox behavior. Like obviously, you don't want to have like a dad impersonating somebody else like that's a little concerning but also like you know she's asking for sole custody with only time on saturdays for a couple hours like that's ridiculous right yeah and she sally field's character i forget miranda yes uh like I hate to say it but stuck a bitch like at the beginning of the movie at least 100 percent like uh, yeah i would be upset about um like Robin Williams, like throwing a fucking crazy ass party, you know, doing his thing. But like, was like straight up. This is it. Kind of reminds me of my parents' divorce. Like they were like, yeah, this is like, yeah, 
like you're coming to us like i was like oh i don't like it. i hate this like back and forth thing that happened with uh it lightens up towards the end but the back and forth or whatever with them like it's either me or the highway or my way or the highway or whatever, yeah like, whatever that phrase is yeah for sure like very like yeah very like my way or the highway like there was no like give or take like i thought it was really messed up that um miranda like she dropped the kids off an hour late and then came an hour early like dude if you came late you should let him have his full time regardless of when you drop them off right i'm like they already get limited time with their dad and then you're trying to limit it even more like that's just that's so that's so disheartening. Yeah, not cool. Not cool, Sally Field, in this situation. For real, which I'm like, girl, I love you, but like in this movie, I love to hate you. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's get into the last this little bit here. Uh, Miranda visits Daniel on the set after filming and admits that things were better when he was involved with the family being to Mrs. Doubtfire. Right. Uh, she then arranges joint custody, allowing Daniel as himself to take the children after school. As Daniel leaves with the kids, Miranda watches an episode of Eugenia's house in which Mrs. Doubtfire answers a letter from a young girl, Katie McCormick, which who, whose parents, um, whose parents have separated saying that no matter what arrangements families have, love will always prevail. I know, isn't that isn't that uh, heartwarming? That's so because that wasn't the direct last scene because he she goes and talks to him on set or whatever, uh, or I actually no, I'm I'm getting that switched up. Yeah, he goes and talks, but then that little segment, I was like, oh, that's so so heartwarming to hear because like if I watched this movie whenever my parents were going through that, I'd be like, okay, all right, yeah, I can it- dig it. And I, I like the fact that, like, um, it wasn't a cliche, like, Disney ending. Like, you know how if it's, like, tragedy, like, they get back together or, like, you know, all this, like, it has to be an extreme. But, like, this is, like, a, a reasonable ending. Right, right. Yeah, it was neither – it was neither too, like – like, yeah, they were still divorced, but it's, like, it's okay that they were divorced. Yeah. Um, and – which is really, really nice. Um. And especially like for Miranda, have that she out of out of all the characters in the movie had like that redemption arc. Yes, one hundred percent. She definitely like came through, and she was like, "Oh, I see that you've bettered yourself, uh, just like the judge wanted you to." Um, but yeah, I don't know. I always I thought it was really sentimental because like the start of the movie with the kid, like the Chris, his the child's name or whatever um him saying that and then at the end being that like oh it's it's gonna be okay like your parents still love you it's not like anything else like it's like nice nice i really enjoy i really enjoy this um back and forth that we've had that me in the movie having that back and forth (laughs) yeah and like you know making it like something that is truly identifiable um and i think this is why it it becomes a classic because like this is something that does happen but like it gives an alternate option of like it doesn't get this like hopeless romantic notion of like oh well your parents will just end up back together but like you know it can be um mutual it doesn't have to be like this toxic right you know relationship so. Yeah, no, well, very well put. I, I, I really enjoyed this movie, and I was like, I wish I would have watched it earlier, like when I was like more of that age, 
because I was like, this would have like helped with my thinking on that, I guess. Like, thank you, Robin Williams in 2022 <laughs> for helping <laughs> yes. me get over my parents' divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, going in, I don't have much. So let's kind of run, th- rattle through the actors. I know we talked a, a lot about Robin Williams. Um, one of my favorite movies of Robin Williams is Patch Adams. Oh have you ever gosh. seen that one? Yes, it's such a tearjerker, but it's such a good movie. I have, so if we're going to go through favorite movies yeah. of Robin Williams, I yes, got a couple. Please. So, um, but Patch Adams is definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, Good Morning Vietnam. Never seen that. Oh one. gosh, David. That's David. another good one. Another good one. What's the premise of that? Um, so he is once again he's doing radio, but he's doing it while he's in Vietnam, and so he's like basically sent to Vietnam to be a radio host to kind of like keep the morale of the troops going. Oh, um, and kind of it's more of like a a serious one, kind of like Dead Poet Society is another great Robin Williams. I like this man was a true genius because he could do the funny, like right. Mrs. Doubtfire, and but he could also do the serious, the serious. Yeah, which, like, I remember, like, Dead Poet Society to me is, like, one of those movies that, like, truly changed, like, how I viewed the world. Like, really? Yes, it's super Ooh. impactful. Um, just, I've never seen that one either. Oh, dude. it's I should just, like, binge some Robin Williams movies and really, should. like, re- reevaluate my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's one of those movies that it's, like, wow, like, things are bigger. Like, for me, it's, like, the, for Dead Poet Society, is like, the impact of teaching and like what really lies outside of like this bubble of school like there's so much things that are bigger than that but like the the choices you make in that time period can really imp- impact the life outside of that right um but such a genius in his you know in his right um right but yeah, yeah. couldn't couldn't agree more he I don't think of him often because it's kind of restricted to Aladdin, honestly. Like, that's where I know Robin Williams from. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Patch Adams was another one that I really enjoyed. I just love that part when he, like, puts on the red nose yes! and, like, <laughs> gets, like, those kiddie pools and fills them full of wet spaghetti noodles or whatever. Uh, love, love that. Um, but moving on to Sally Field, um, the only thing I know her from is Smokey and the Bandit. And just seeing her, uh, like, I don't know, in the same kind of situation as, like, she's kind of upset. Like, I was like, oh, oh she's in Forrest Gump, Yeah, too? she's Forrest Gump's mom. Oh, really? Yeah, that's Sally oh. Field. See, that's how I know her, because I'm like... Bro, Sally Field is Forrest Gump's mom. Like, oh my gosh, and it has Steel Magnolias too. Yes. Somebody, somebody has told me, bro, watch Steel Magnolias. And David, I was like, okay, David, such a good movie. Yes. Oh, David, <laughs> you need to watch Steel Magnolias. Wait, also. is Steel Magnolias the one where Dolly Parton kills her boss? Um, I think is that Steel Magnolias? I don't. Hold on. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I just remember it being a good movie. Hold on. Let me go look up let me go look up this really tragic description of Steel Magnolias <laughs> per IMDb. Let's see. Um, IMDb always has the It says a young beautician newly arrived in small Louisiana town finds work at the local salon where a small group of women share a close bond of friendship and welcome her to the fold. Oh, okay. So wait. So yeah, different. I I think Dolly... Oh, this one has uh, Julia Roberts in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. But Dolly is in it, so she may have done that, but I'm like, also... Oh, okay. So that's where I'm getting a mix-up. Okay. 
I'm, Dolly Parton has a song called Nine to Five. Yes, which oh, is also a musical. Musical. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think it may be a movie as well. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's where she kills her boss. <laughs> okay. Which is fair because who wants to work nine to five, barely making a living? Like, hey, hashtag been there. Hashtag still am there. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Um, the kids, I kind of want to go through them because we didn't talk about them very know, much. Right? Um, Lydia, the older one. She or no, uh, yeah, Lydia's Lisa, the oldest. Yeah, oh, is she? Is she? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of her character? I thought her to be um, kind of stubborn, like her mom, a little bit. Like she was like, I don't want no fucking housekeeper. Like, get that shit out of here. Like, we don't need. <laughs> we got dad, you know. True, but also, um, she was fourteen. So why was she not babysitting? That's the real question. That is true. That is true. Like, I'm sorry, but I was like babysitting my brother at like twelve. Like. Why are we not babysitting at 14? Right. You are right. Because that's around my younger sisters. They were born in 2000, 2001. And we were babysitting for them. Like whenever. Yeah. It sounds about right. Wait. Started. Like like probably when we were like 10-ish. Like we were babysitting. See? Yeah. That is wild to think about. Like she should have. Maybe she didn't. Her mom didn't trust her at all. I mean, apparently they weren't doing great in school. So that is fair. Oh, that is true. But also it's just like, dude, all you have to do is like make chicky nugs. Like throw them in. Yes. make some mac and cheese put it in your toaster oven yeah put it in your toaster <laughs> oven and then just slap that on a plate and be like boom done dinner right right we're not asking you to make like hollandaise sauce that apparently turned like super bad um <laughs> which is also one of those that was the other scene that was like very iconic to me is like when he catches on fire and i'm like bro yeah yeah that part's funny when he's like learning all of the chores or whatever and, and like, he like helps out with I think he orders Chinese, but then it turns into some He nice... ordered gourmet because he's like, oh, they'll only eat good food with me and all this stuff. And it ended up being like hella expensive. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, bro, dude. Have you ever ordered Chinese delivery? I Chinese know. takeout delivery? Yeah, that gets expensive too. I'm like, Uber and who else am I ordering? From? Grubhub. They'd be taking all my money. And that's expensive just for one person. But oh, you're ordering yeah. for like four people. Right. Good luck. Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> Uh, Chris Hilliard, the uh, child who had the birthday party. Yes. Um, I thought his character to be kind of an asshole, to be honest. Like, because, like, one, well, at first they didn't think so because, like, he was like, oh, it's my fault. Like, I had the birthday party. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, I get you. I get you. I'm, I'm on your level. Uh, but then, like, whenever he gets introduced to Mrs. Downfire, like, turns into that, like, kind of, I don't know, aggressive kid for some reason. Yeah, you know, like, he's like I, I don't need to, do, or like mentioned his homework in some capacity, and uh, Mrs. Doubtfire is like, you know, boys who don't like do their academia, they're missing out on some some pretty awesome stuff. And I was just like, yeah, kid, she got a she got a point. Yeah, <laughs> like, like facts, one hundred percent. I was like, you go, Miss Doubtfire, you put that kid in his place. Right, sure <laughs> did. In that scene in particular, he was like, damn you got me it yeah. like went silent <laughs> especially when they had to go do the chores because they didn't want to do homework i was like you go girl right like, make him scrub those baseboards girl <laughs> uh, get you it say, uh do you want to do homework or do you want to do this homework i'd rather do my homework thank you <laughs> 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 clean my baseboards no uh 
Mara Wilson as Natalie Hillard, the youngest one. Yeah. I I just think of her. I think of E.B. White because she was reading um, Stuart Little. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did um, Charlotte's Web and Stuart Little. That's yes. the only two things I associate with E.B. White. I immediately saw her and I thought of thirty. 30, the Miracle on 34th Street, because that was a remake that she did. Oh, okay. I think so. Let me double check. Wait, that's well. that's also with, um, oh, who do you, what's it called? Um, the dude who plays the Godfather. Oh, that's right. Um, Hold on. I'm going to pull it up real quick. And that way we can see. She's so crazy. Is she in Matilda, too? Yes, she is Matilda. She is Matilda. She is Matilda. That's why I was getting these two movies mixed up, because, like... Um, yeah, that's weird to think of because I always thought like this movie was the one where they forced that kid to eat chocolate cake. That is Matilda. That's Matilda. Okay. Yes. All right. I was like, I was, until I watched this movie, I was like, okay, that's, that's, you know, that's Mrs. Doubtfire or whatever they're going to make you eat cake. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I saw her and I was like, oh my God, that's Matilda. But that's like baby matilda like and apparently this was her breakout film was mrs doubtfire um so i was like oh okay that totally makes sense but matilda classic um to the point where they made into a musical so why'd you flutter your eyes like that do you not care for it i mean so here's the thing so i love broadway i just i don't know how i feel about like movies that were made as movies first being turned into musicals i feel the same thing about mean girls like i don't (sighs) understand why yeah question mark i get that (laughs) I get that. It's like I was just recently watching Hawkeye, um, the, the Disney Plus series. Yeah. yeah. And they did it like for the Avengers or whatever. I was like, this is cringe. This is cringe. Big cringe. I don't, I'm not a fan of Broadway, though I do want to go see, um, what is it? The Book of Mormon. Oh my God. I would love to go see that one just because I like South Park a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So obviously, then it's like, oh, make the connection, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You you popped another thing into my mind. What was ah, that dude's name is going to kill me? Um I don't know. It'll come to me before the end of the episode. Uh, the Godfather's name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cuz I was on the task of doing that and then I said, "Nah." So Richard this, Attenborough? Yeah, I would assume. Yes, you are correct. Nice. Good job, David. Damn, I'm good. Yes, you are. <laughs> Um, let's see. So let's go ahead and get into our likes. Um, I'll let you go first. What's your, what's some of your favorite parts of this movie? Favorite parts of this movie. Um, I'm a sucker for montages. I know they're super cliche for like (laughs) 90s and 2000s movies, but like when they're trying to figure out how, one, how does Mrs. Doubtfire look? I think it's great. Um, but also the other montage where like, um, Danny's finally like figuring it out. And mm-hmm. he's like kind of having like a risky business moment, minus like he has all of his clothes on because he's Mrs. Doubtfire and he's oh. not going to be like shredding through the house with oh. like just a t shirt on because that'd be traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like when Chris catches him in the bathroom, he's like, whoa. Uh, from what I remember, Robin Williams was a hairy man. So, <laughs> I mean, based on what I saw in the movie, yeah, I would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I know, right? But I just, I like the montages and, um, I mean, just, like, the overall, like, feeling of the movie. Like, how you feel after the movie. It's, like, one of those, like, genuine, like, feel-good movies. Not because it's, like, a romanticized idea, but, like, just because it's based in reality. Right, right. Now, are there some things that did not age well? 100%. But overall, like, 
good. What yeah. are your favorites, David? Um, I think my favorite parts of the movie are definitely whenever he's switching back and forth uh, between the character of Mrs. Doubtfire and then Danny himself. I, I just, I love those little, like, the, I mentioned it earlier, the um, meeting with Mrs. Selner, um, whenever he's just getting home from his, I guess it was the interview or whatever that yes. he was coming home from, yeah. um, and had to placate to to mrs selner like i love the part when he sticks <laughs> he first loses the prosthetic mask into the road and it gets run over and these like two twin uh chinese kids were just laughing at him through the window and i was just like oh that's funny but then whatever she like uh he she he I I was like, which pronoun should I use? Uh, but like, stuck their face into um the meringue pie. Yes, yeah, because um the the mask getting ran over. Another vivid memory. I was like, I know this mask is gonna get ran over, but I was like, when does it happen? And I'm like, just waiting with like bated breath. <laughs> you know what? It really just instantly came to mind for me. The mask that he wears kind of reminds me of the mask from jim, jim carrey the mask <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like for some odd reason it just gives me those vibes yes it's like it's very much like because it's very much like full prosthetic like and it's just like i don't know it's like the texture thing for me too because i'm yeah. like dude all you have to do is just paint that green and it's like yo it's the mask grandma like yeah. it's coming through to clean your house <laughs> uh, like really like oh that would be that that would have been a good movie idea I had like uh, a face-off movie between like Robin Williams and Jim Carrey. I think that would be would have been a great idea. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That would have been great. Like them just playing to each other. Uh, um. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, uh, I do like a lot. Um. Generally, but I also dislike a lot. There I was think. a couple things that I did dislike. Um, like whenever he is uh, specifically the part whenever they go to the pool and they meet Pierce Brosnan out there, Stu. Um, he like gets jealous of Pierce Brosnan and like almost resorts to like breaking his character. Yeah, that was just distasteful. Very distasteful. Like, like I know he's like wanting Miranda back or whatever, but it's like. It doesn't happen in the end, but it's like, my goodness. The only thing that, like, redeemed it for me in that scene was when he hit um, Stu in the back of the head with a lime. And yeah. he's like, the fruit bandit. And I was like, stop. Yeah. So I was like, okay, now I'm back into it. But I was just like, it's kind of weird that he only had, like, maybe a beer. And he was, like, confused or he forgot that he was in Mrs. Doubtfire hitting on that lady. But he could have four scotches and come back and be like totally fine for right. the most part except to like <laughs> then he's like okay cool but dude you're four scotches deep you're one beer deep and you forget that you're mrs doubtfire like right. yeah it was weird it was weird those moments that uh that had happened it's very uncomfortable very uh, yeah and that's why they were dislikes of mine but other than that uh, that was really only my dislike i meant my dislikes many like in general life like i just dislike a lot that's fair. <laughs> me, me, me too, David. It's all good. <laughs> um, are there, uh, before we get into some of our closing segments, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to bring up? Not that I could think of. Um, I th like, you know, oh, I did find something interesting. So it did win an Oscar. I didn't know that. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Which the interesting part about the Oscar win, and I'm like, I'm trying to get back to my source. Is that it was for makeup. 
It wasn't even for like best actor. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, the prosthetic. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So it won one Oscar, and um, let me see here. Yeah, it's best makeup. It was the winner, and I was like, huh, interesting, because I would have thought there would, which that doesn't surprise me, because the prosthetics were incredible. Um, yeah, but the was... fact that he wasn't even nominated for like best actor is shocking. Yeah, I think there was i don't know if i put in the trivia part um or not but he like went and used um he went to like he went to like a sex shop and then like another another place and to like see if the character worked in in real time or whatever and uh yeah it like went off without a hitch and i was just like oh damn one that's good makeup two that's good acting yeah like so it's like oh my goodness like you you pulled it off you pulled it off i th- I like that i like that a lot um very cool um so to get into our first closing segment the awards segment um the first one is classic or bust and i'm obviously gonna have to go with the classic here it's it is a overall it is a great movie it has a great message has great actors Miranda really made me hate her at first, but then had that redemption arc and like really like came back and you were like, okay, all right, I can dig you. Yeah. Sally Field. Like, um, and just the whole back and forth of him and Mrs. Doubtfire, like going back and forth between those two characters. I just thought it was, it's funny because you don't, as an actor, you, you always try to find somebody who you can play off of and, somebody who can play off of themselves is something that's not always um, possible with some actors. Like, I don't think Tom Hanks could do that. Like talking about Tom Hanks earlier, Um, but Robin Williams definitely can. And so I was like, yeah, definitely, definitely a classic. So I agree. I think it's definitely a classic. Um, It's just, it's a really good like message, feel good movie. But like you said, I mean, I know we said that like a million times during this episode, but to I, when I think of Robin Williams, this is like the number one movie that hits because it's just like you truly get to see him in all of his like talent. Whereas like Aladdin is like voice acting and it's very like comedic and Dead Poet Society. It's very like, um, you know, very serious and, and, um, an important message, but like to kind of like have an all in one, this is like the all in one movie for me. Right. Robin. Yeah. Ooh, good way to put it. All in one movie. Um, the next award is for the least important character. Who do you think is the least important character of the movie? I mean, I hate to, cause I'm like cheating, but also it has, it has to be the domestic partner. Cause it's just like, he's like a blip. And then the only contribution that he has is like when the concealer's coming in for the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. You know who I was thinking of? I wrote down the domestic partner as well, but I was thinking that Mrs. Selner um the lady from the court yeah check up on him didn't like played that one part in that scene but wasn't very important like for the story yeah but considering that she's the social worker like you think she would like be more involved also why does she not get to see daniel's apartment when it's like immaculate it, it's like she comes in at the worst time when it's like all dilapidated yeah he's like uh, <laughs> i'm going for the refugee motif yeah, I, know, I died i was like stop i was like but also i just and i was like i thought the other crazy thing was like the oldest daughter like roasting him during that time I was like you need to get it together you can do better than this i, was I like, know what? i know she really did yeah she had the 
the tinge of her mother. In yes, there. I, was like, I was like, dang, dude. She like whenever she came to pick up the kids and told Daniel about the ad or whatever, she like picks up the the Chinese food or whatever and like sniffs it like Ugh, and like throws it back down on the table. And I was just like, ah. Oh. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, nothing's good enough for you, which is why, like, props to Sally Fields for creating a mom that you love to hate with a true redemption arc. Right, right. Really, really turned it around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, standout moments. I would have to definitely put uh, the meringue mask, like that whole part with Mrs. Selner and then at Denny dinner party. I just thought, especially whenever he comes back, um, from the bathroom in the Mrs. Doubtfire gear, but goes to Mr. Lundy, like, <laughs> like just shooting the shit with them. Like, cause they're already like four scotches deep. Yeah. And he's like, not thinking about it. He's like, Whoa, like this is, this is wild. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was thinking it back. He's like, wait, hold up. Which I mean, like at that point, that's fair. Like, dude, you've been drinking. Also, he did have the wine at the other table. So yeah. That didn't... He was mixing. He was mixing. He was his, mixing. His liquors. Yeah. So I'm just like, I, I get that. But also very iconic moments. Um, I think for me too is, is the montage when he's like learning how to cook and he plays soccer with his son and all these things is Mrs. Doubtfire. And I'm like, okay danny like turn around okay because like i don't know why for the life of me i thought they ended up getting back together that's why i was kind of shocked when they didn't but also kind of happy that they didn't either right because it was just the expectation because i was like oh it's a disney movie so they're gonna end up back together right like, it was like the parent trap or something yes! yeah 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 you, I, I love those movies those i love the Lindsay lohan one and then or was it yeah Lindsay yeah. lohan and then the older older one the og I, I, yeah i love both of those movies they're so good yeah um not realistic though oh no <laughs> <laughs> not realistic could like you imagine just like having a like swapping right and just being like yeah it's totally normal like i'm definitely the other twin no like your parents know these things yeah. and if your parents don't they're very far removed from your life which is more of a problem <laughs> than anything <laughs> i would always we i have a twin right i don't know if you told i told you that but yeah like us doing switch like obviously it wouldn't work because we're bored girl but i was just always thinking in my mind like the parent trap i would i would want to do a movie where it's like boy girl swap yeah boy girl swap <laughs> and we do the prosthetics like mrs doubtfire yes oh my gosh let me know how that experiment works right? i'd be totally i'd be totally vested <laughs> Uh, and here we go to our final closing segment is the IMDb trivia. Um, I put here, I don't actually, I'm going to let you go first. No, David, you go first. Oh, nice. Nice. Throwing it back on me. I love it. <laughs> um, during the scene with Mrs. Selner, uh, when Ms. Selner comes to inspect Daniel's apartment, um, as Mrs. Doubtfire, when Mrs. Doubtfire is serving tea, the icing on her face is melting off. This was not intentional. The heat from the set lights melt, melted the icing on the face. And so Robin Williams had to improvise most of that scene. That totally makes sense because like the way and the speed in which he like does like delivers his lines, it's very improvised, but like you wouldn't. He's talking faster. Yeah. And uh, I love that part. Like whenever, 
uh, Mrs. Doubtfire like leaves or whatever, and she like takes the takes the meringue and like puts yes! it on her like right below her like crow's eye or crow's feet or whatever. I'm like, oh my god, this is so funny. But it's so like it's so funny because it's like I mean they both looked equal like in appearance in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you know Mrs. Doubtfire had this like youthful glow and Mrs. Selner didn't. Like they were both kind of like equal in that regard. So I was like, right. I mean, hey, if you want to put some meringue on your face, like go right ahead. Hey, I mean, I probably would have too. If like I'm gullible enough, I would have been like, okay, like right. smear that all over my face. Right. Give me, give me that pie. Let's just like full facial. <laughs> <laughs> Be my nightly mask. Yes. <laughs> um and oh yeah, I had the Tim Allen one uh, down too, but I want to hear yours. What's your uh, your piece of trivia? So my piece of trivia is also another improvising moment. Oh yeah. Yes. So um apparently when Mrs. Doubtfire's dentures fell into her glass during the birthday dinner scene, it was also an improvised blooper. And so in the scene, Mrs. Doubtfire says, Carpe Dentum sees the teeth, which was completely unscripted as it referenced one of Robin Williams' lines from Dead Poets Society, Carpe Diem sees the day. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So I was like, that is brilliant. And I figured as much because... Like, Robin Williams has a really creative way of, like, tying things back together. Like, you know, things that he's done in in past projects. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, as soon as I heard that line, I was like, I wonder it's in reference to Dead Poets Society. Sure enough. Boom. Wow. Mind blown. That's funny. I'm going to have to watch the Dead Poets Society. I think you would really enjoy it. Like I said, it's one of those movies that, like, really changed my outlook. I And I remember, like, distinctly being in, like, eighth grade. And my eighth grade English teacher was like, we have to watch this movie. Oh, Captain, my captain. Yes, exactly. See? And it's, like, it's it's iconic. It's just, ugh, it's so good. Mm. I hope you enjoy it. It's very sad. I'm just going to put it out there. It is very not sad. A, yes. There's, like, comedic moments, but it's mainly a series. Wait, is that the one with, um... Not Mark Wahlberg. Um, Matt Damon? I think so. I'm like, I haven't watched this in a Or is that Goodwill Hunting? I think that's Goodwill Good, Hunting. Goodwill Hunting has him in it. Um, huh. Interesting. I was like, of course, let me like spell this correctly. And this came out before Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, Ethan Hawke's in it. That's kind of... Oh, Ethan Hawke's cool. Yeah. But I don't see him. I think you're thinking of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, but yeah. of course, Red's in it too. So I know. Yeah, I was just looking at the. I love that '70s show. Me anything too. he's in, anything anybody from that '70s show is in, I'm always like, I like this. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a comfort show for me. Oh my goodness! You know they're doing uh, the '90s show or something like that. So I know they they're did... supposed to bring back some people. So I'm kind of like. I'm I'm like halfway in between only because like I know they did an immediate reboot of like I think it was that 80s show yeah, and it yeah. had Fez and it had Jackie and I'm like no no can't do it yeah yeah was, I think I've seen the like first episode of that and I was just like no can't do this it's not the same dynamic I know like have you ever seen The Ranch on Netflix yes. I think that one's hilarious I thought it was really well done but I do appreciate that like they brought in like pretty much a new cast but they did keep like Ashton Kutcher and then they kept um I forget that one guy's name um but- who plays um oh, oh lord why am I blanking on his name uh, hide. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I was like, uh, uh, David, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's like one of the best characters too, but like that was a really good, and then they brought in Red, 
Um, and they did bring in Foreman and they did bring in Fez. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, they brought in everybody, but like they weren't like mainstays other than Hyde. Um, so I think that's why it worked. But of course, it's Ashton Kutcher. So Ashton Kutcher's like, hey, you want to like be a part of another show in which like we're kind of doing the same thing, do but not really? you want job security? <laughs> <laughs> he said, Red, do you want to be a character for like six episodes? Cool. Fez, you want the same hookup? We'll, 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 um, oh my God. I can't even say his you name. up, yeah. Yeah. I don't even, yeah. I don't know his name. Will Valderrama. I can like see it, but I can never pronounce it. It's like a tongue twister. Although every time I see him now, all I think is your mama show from like MTV. Oh Lord. <laughs> yeah. Thinking of that back in the, I, I can't remember. I think I was watching a clip of that the other day. It was just like, I don't know. I watch YouTube like a lot, a lot. And so I'm sure it, it's come across my, my, uh, oh, what's that other one? Um, Nick can is Nick Cannon the one who did that? Um, no, that's, um, he did wild now Wild now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which was... will was a part of, I think for a couple episodes or something like that. Really? Yeah. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. I know what I'm doing tonight. Right. <laughs> uh, so if we don't have anything else, um, firstly, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the, you haven't seen that movie podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Also a big thank you to my guest, Gabriella Zepeda for joining me i had a great time i had a fabulous time um if you want to show your support for the you haven't seen that movie podcast consider checking out our patreon at patreon.com slash wdm1 also consider joining our facebook and instagram pages to know when new episodes go live like this movie hate it uh let us know by calling our voicemail both instagram and facebook literally have call buttons so it couldn't be easier but other than that gabby we'll see you next week bye-bye Bye-bye. The You Haven't Seen That Movie Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast recorded in the DFW, Austin, and San Antonio areas in the state of Texas. The podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, David Lonnie Waters. As you know, all of our shows are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash WDM1. The following names are at the producer support level or higher on Patreon, and for that, we're stoked for your sponsorship. Lone Star Aeronautics, Sharon, and Keegan Gunther.